0: This morning's reading is going to be from Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues <clears throat> as a fire appeared among them, and as a tongue rested on each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit had given them ability now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each of them heard them speaking in their native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans, and how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia— Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show port- or portents in heaven above and signs of the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the Lord, great and glorious day, there everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks
1: be to God. Thank you, Keith, for jumping in there and reading that long scripture with hard-to-pronounce names. Your extra-large latte came in handy today. (laughs) Well, today is Pentecost, and it is also my last Sunday with you, the amazing, wonderful, kind, and generous people of Ebenezer. And I can't think of a more fitting message that I would like to share for my final message with you, then retelling the story of Pentecost. Acts 2 will be our primary text today, and we'll be remembering the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll be remembering the birth of God's church. And we will also be remembering that there was both confusion and clarity simultaneously present on Pentecost. Both confusion and clarity were present that day, and I would argue both have been present every single day since. And there's one and only one question that I invite you to reflect on and to wrestle with today. As we remember the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit, the question I invite you to wrestle with is this. What are you full of And what are you allowing yourself to be filled with? That's your question for today. What are you being filled with? This past Wednesday, the amazing and kind and generous and funny staff at Ebenezer threw me a going away luncheon. And there was a lot of laughs and silliness present, and we ate my favorite food group, which is Chick-fil-A, And we had delicious chocolate lava cake. And the staff made up this silly, fast-paced game that was full of different activities that I participate in in my life and different roles um, that I assume. And I was thoroughly, thoroughly and properly embarrassed And it was also a really good time. I enjoyed being together and being able to laugh together. I love to laugh. And driving home, driving home from that party, I was full. My my belly was full of Chick-fil-A. And I even had a bonus bag of leftovers that was given to me just in case I needed traffic therapy on 95 North. And my heart was full of thankfulness and gratitude Gratitude for the time we have spent together over the past three years, for the relationships that have been formed, for the ways that God has continuously been at work in these difficult and challenging and tiring times, and mostly for the relationships for you all. I'm very grateful for people. I love people. We are so quirky. We're so weird. We're so different and unique and fun and sometimes annoying and rough around the edges, but people are where it is at in my life and in my world. And I was just full of gratitude for the many people who have invited me into their life for the past couple of years and um, have allowed me to be part of their story. But there was also something deeper that emerged in that time. During that celebration on Wednesday... I just kept thinking, I had this thought, I kept thinking it, like, why are they throwing me this party? Why are they doing this for me? I, do, I don't deserve this, and I know everyone's busy, and they have other, perhaps better things they could be doing with their time. And at the end of the celebration, uh, when Pastor Emily gathered up the staff and laid hands and prayed over me, I was filled with something else. I was filled with a sense of peace, but also something I had not experienced in a while, if I'm being honest. And that was, I was filled with remembrance. I was thinking, yes, this is what the church is about. I remember now. We love people well even and especially when they feel undeserving, when they feel rough around the edges, when they feel like they don't belong or they're not in the right place or space. This is what we do as the church. This is why we are here. We care about people. We love them and we celebrate them. We celebrate people and relationships and how our lives have connected and intersected for different seasons. And I remembered. And so to say I was full was an understatement. My belly was full, my heart was full, and my spirit was filled with something that I'm sad to say I hadn't remembered in a while. And I'm like, this is what the church does well. Remembered. I can't speak for you, But the past several years, six, seven, perhaps more, have really done a number on me. We're living in crazy, turbulent times. Whether I was a willing participant or just along for the ride, these chaotic years perhaps filled me over time with things that maybe God didn't want or need to be there. Perhaps things that were not helpful to being a disciple or the church during this era. Whether it was stressing or strategizing about the state of the church or the state of the world or the state of our nation's children and adolescents or the polarized state of our nation and communities and churches in general or the state of many of our historic institutions that are not standing up well In this day and time, during constant changes, in all instances, I was filled with very intense emotions, both positive and negative, over so many big things that I felt beyond my ability to impact or change. Which could then lead to being filled with other things like anxiety or sadness or cynicism or Just resignation. There's nothing I can do anyway or disconnection, which then leads to being filled with a whole host of other thoughts and words and actions. Can anyone relate? What have the past several years filled you with? What are you full of now? What are you allowing to fill you? If you have your Bible or your Bible app, we will be in Acts chapter 2 today. Pentecost. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound. Like a rush of violent wind, God's spirit was poured out, fire and wind, and we are told that the disciples were filled with something very specific, and that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gave them new abilities. They were now able to speak and hear in languages and customs that were not their own. Basically, they were a diverse group of people with diverse languages and diverse histories and diverse cultures and diverse politics and diverse theology even, who, by the power of the Holy Spirit, were now able to connect, to communicate, and to understand God, and each other better. They were able to connect and communicate and understand each other better through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I think there is a message in there for us today. A message for our society that is full of a lot of things. We're full of polarization. And we're full of posturing. And we're full of arguing. And we're full of of anger, and we're full of confusion, and we are full of distrust. And sadly, the church universal is often full of those things as well. So aren't we too then, people who right now, right here, in this place, in this space, also need the Holy Spirit's power to help us be able to connect and communicate, and understand each other better, and God's will for us as God's church in this day and time. Because like it or not, this is where we are doing life. Aren't we too people who need that power? We don't seem to be doing a good job on our own, do we? I think that part is pretty clear. We don't have to look far. Just this past weekend, I attended an alumni event at my undergraduate college. It was a great time, bad timing with everything else that was going on, but it was a lot of fun. But I I sat and I listened to a story of one of my good friends telling me, this is a friend for the past 20 years, and she was telling me why she is no longer speaking to another one of our good friends. And these two ladies were inseparable, for a really long time. And she recounted a story, and if it wasn't so common, it would be ridiculous, but I bet you can relate to this. Someone posted something online. Then someone else commented on the post online. And then this one friend liked the comment, and the other friend thought, that is not a comment worthy of liking. And their friendship of two decades unraveled. And sadly, this is all too common. Perhaps you've experienced it yourself. We need help. We need a supernatural kind of help that we see in Acts chapter 2. We need God's help. We need to be people who are able to absorb God's power poured out through the Holy Spirit and then take that out into the world. That redemptive love, that enemy love, this radical seeing the person in front of us and wanting them to know and experience God's love that sees them and loves them just as much As God loves us, we need to be able to do this in tangible ways. That is what the early church did. That's what they did after the Spirit was poured out. They went, they were sent, and they shared God's love in such a radical way that people took notice. Who are these people that are loving and caring for our enemies, that are loving and caring for people who we don't really care about? And the church grew and it spread. That, Acts chapter 2, is part of the heart behind our Love Your Neighbor network, which Ebenezer has helped to birth over the past couple of years. The Love Your Neighbor network is about recognizing the Acts 2 church, assumed the power of the Spirit and went into the places and spaces where people were doing life, possibly hurting, possibly far from God's love, possibly far from believing that they are worthy of love, carrying a lot of shame, carrying all sorts of things, and just showing up with God's love. Sounds so simple, but it's so profound. To let another person know that not only do you see them and love them, but they are loved by God too. That is what the Love Your Neighbor Network is about. It's not about waiting or even assuming people will ever come in here. It's about going to them and being church where they are. And our amazing and talented staff members, James and Daniel, made this Beautiful visual representation. And it was so nice to look at this. This is my first time seeing Love Your Neighbor Network in an actual, like in words, like somewhere I could touch it. And it has the Ebenezer blue here because it's part of this wonderful church. And this is the baton that today we get to leave here and pass off to Pastor Donovan. Because as I depart today, he'll be coming in in a few weeks and he will be assuming the reins of the Love Your Neighbor Network. And through the Holy Spirit and the relationships with Pastor Emily and Pastor Jeff and the rest of the staff and all of you, that will become whatever it is that God needs it or intends it to become in this season. And it is a good thing. So are we filled with that kind of spirit? In Acts 2.42, it tells us that the early church devoted themselves to a couple of things. Polarization wasn't one of them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, mainly around the resurrection. They devoted themselves to fellowship, doing life together with people. They devoted themselves to prayer and to the breaking of the bread. Are we filled with that kind of spirit The kind of spirit that fell on the disciples, removed barriers, leveled playing fields, built bridges, gave courage to, and it created something entirely new. What God did in Acts chapter 2 was something entirely new. The spirit was poured out and it rested on the disciples. Are we filled with that? When I was preparing for this final message and reading through Acts, this idea of being filled with things or being full of something jumped off of the pages. It's all throughout Acts. Pentecost is a story about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a story about the fullness of the church. God was doing a new thing and we have all been invited to participate in that. Pentecost is a story when God's fullness through the power of the Spirit was not only poured out but was distributed. Power was no longer contained in one sphere or limited to a a specific person in a specific place. It was poured out over every single everyday person that was there. And they were equipped And they were set on fire. And when we are filled with the Spirit, we will be filled with things of the Spirit as well. What are some of these things in Acts? Well, in Acts 6.3, when the apostles realized the church was growing and there was all kinds of different work to be done and they had to pick some deacons, they tell us that deacons are people who would be full of spirit and wisdom. They were full of spirit and wisdom. And then in Acts 6.5, when Stephen was chosen, we are told that he was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then before Stephen was arrested in 6.8, we are told that he was full of grace and power. Can you imagine being full of grace and power, knowing what is about to happen? I mean, it must have been a supernatural kind of power that he was filled with, must have challenged some of the worldly systems and injustices because it cost him his life. And then Barnabas, Barnabas, we're told, was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then the disciples that's us, the disciples in Acts 13:52 were told, were full of joy and the Holy Spirit. Are you full of joy and the Holy Spirit? We are God's vessels. We heard that song earlier today, and it's true. We are like empty vessels that come into this world, walking around, doing life, almost instinctively knowing that we need to be filled with God's presence, with the Holy Spirit. We know it. But sadly, there's no shortage of other things that are vying for our attention and our limited space. There's no shortage of distractions um, or anything else that could be filling us at any given time, taking up the limited spaces that we have been given. Some of us are full of Netflix and potato chips. Some of us are full of endless scrolling. Some of us are just full of confusion or numbness, And and there's so many things. But the truth is that if these other things that we see all around us, things like malice and anger and division and posturing and greed and ego and empire building and self-righteousness, self-righteousness, that belief that somehow I am any better than anyone else, if that is taking up space, if that is filling my limited spaces or your limited spaces, things like that, Then we have to wonder is there any room for God to work? What is filling you up? Like the disciples mentioned all throughout Acts, are we being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? A power that builds up and is part of God's reconciling and redemptive purposes here on earth. Even and especially when it's costly even and especially when it asks us to go somewhere or be love for a person that we don't even like, for people who think differently, believe differently, understand God differently even. Are we filled with that kind of spirit? Or, like the accusations in Acts 2.13, are we filled with, quote, new wine at nine in the morning? Senseless babble and idle living. Or worse, like Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, have we allowed Satan to, quote, fill our hearts in a ways that attempt to lie to the Holy Spirit, is what it says. In ways that attempt In this passage, to take something that belongs to God, that God intends to use for God's purposes in God's church, be it our time, our talent, our treasures, our relationships, any of it, and attempt to pocket some of it for our own selfish endeavors or our own ego, like Ananias did in that passage. So what are you filled with? It's the question I want to leave you with today. And might we all need to empty ourselves or things of things that are not from God, of God, or for God, or for loving our neighbors? Might we need to empty ourselves of some things so that God's Holy Spirit can fill us with all of the grace and the goodness and the power that can only come From a God who so loved the world, who so loved you, who so loved me, and who so loves every single person that you will ever encounter, every single one of them, in person, and yes, also online.